0: Welcome into the DMVR Buffs Podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm and uh, today we're going to run back through a couple of the notes that I've missed recently. Uh, So I was supposed to go up to Boulder today, um, but I guess there was like a change to the practice schedule and I don't know exactly what that means other than there was no media availability. Uh, So I don't have anything new from today to talk about, but... Like I said, uh, there's a couple things I want to get back to. First of all, on Tuesday, we had Matt McChesney on the podcast. And so I didn't get through all of the notes from uh, offensive line coach Mitch Rodrigue. Um Not like a whole lot of revolutionary stuff in there, but we'll get through that stuff pretty quickly. And then also go back and talk about what Carl Durrell had to say on Buffs Media Day on Friday because that was the day we did the podcast with the soccer players. Speaking of the soccer players, uh, they are about to start right now against uh, Colorado State in the second game of the Colorado Cup. I was going to go up there, but then the morning trip to Boulder was canceled, and so I wasn't already up there. And then I was still planning on going, but then uh, there were, I guess, tornadoes on the route between (laughs) Denver and Boulder, and I was told specifically, don't mess with those tornadoes. Um, So I decided not to go up there, and I'm not going to lie. I'm regretting the decision, but also there's work to be done. Point is, um, watching the soccer game on the iPad while I do this. uh, I guess might as well plug again. um, On the 29th, that's a Sunday. Uh, I think the Buffs play at 1130. It's a soccer game against Florida State. Preseason number one in the country. Um, and also, there's a little bit of a history there, which we got into on the podcast with the soccer players on Friday, which you should go back and watch. But before that game on the 29th, starting at like, I think I told everybody we're leaving or we're, we're getting there at nine. We're going to have everything set up by 9:15, A little over two hours to drink a bunch of beers. And uh, those are free beers that Breckenridge is giving us. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come hang out, go to the soccer game. Um, and. Yeah, so there's the last note there. Uh, we're going to jump in with all this stuff from Mitch Rodrigue uh, some of the stuff from Carl Durrell that we hadn't gotten to yet. And uh, before we do that, want to say a couple more words about the Colorado XO's. So that's a rugby team, and it is the off season, but they still have a bunch of cool stuff going on, including this weekend, the Rugby Town Sevens Tournament. There's 20 teams from around the country or, or, sorry, from around the world. Uh, you uh, can get in for, I think it's like 15 bucks and like maybe 25 for the whole weekend. Some great deals. You can check all that out at rugbytown7s.com, rugbytown com. R U G B Y T O W N, the number seven, and then an S.com. Uh, it's a good time right out there in Glendale. Really nice setup. It's where the U.S. national team plays and trains and all that. Uh, so check it out. All right. Um, let's see, how do we do this first? Let's, let's go through Mitch Rodriguez first. Uh, so, uh, first of all, Josh Gines, he can play guard or tackle in the past. He's been listed as a center. Mitch Rodriguez sees him as a guard or tackle. So he's been playing at those two positions, uh, chance Lytle, uh, Mitch said that he's proud of how he's coming back from the broken leg. Uh, he's practicing, he's playing both tackle spots um they're just finding him a home and he's practicing well and deserves a shot so we'll see if he's able to fit in um he's asked like what are your expectations for the the max ray the transfer and he said i learned a long time ago not to have expectations for transfers a lot of jokes from mitch rodrigue um right after that he said that you know despite popular opinion the offensive line is actually more important than the quarterback you've got to be smarter too. playing center for me is like playing quarterback making all the calls a lot of of jokes and they were pretty good um but yeah Uh, expectations for transfers he said not not big but he has been impressed by max ray um and as i've said i think he gets one of the starting tackle spots so we'll see if that happens um, said Kari Kooch is a guard. He's got a home and he's doing well there. Um, Casey Roddick, he's full speed now. He's knocking the rust off. Um, just needs to work to get the timing back, make sure the footwork is sharp and that kind of stuff. But things are going well there. Um, Jake Wiley, according to Mitch Rodriguez, Jake Wiley is a blessing. Um, he worked his tail off over the summer and it's paying dividends um, and now Frank Phillip, who's been missing time with an injury of his own, own, uh, he's going to need to battle to get his spot back from Jake Wiley. And that's something he's told Frank. Um, so some good competition there. Um, and then in general, he said that there's definitely more bodies than they had before, but they're still working to build quality depth. It does sound like, though, you know, you've got the Jake Wiley-Frank Phillip co- competition. Um, I do think Max Ray gets the other tackle spot. So you've got a, a black backup tackle that you're confident in um regardless of who wins the other job. And then, you know, you've got uh Kari, Colby and Casey on the inside coming back from last year. I think those are probably the three. Um but behind that maybe is where you're missing a little bit of depth, probably where Chance Lytle comes into play. Um so Starting to get a little bit of a look, but we'll see how things actually wor- work out. Um, That was basically it from Mitch Rodriguez. Like I said, pretty short and sweet, some information, but eh, we'll see how things go. I guess the big news, Jake Wiley and Frank Phillip really battling for one of those tackle spots. Um, Now we'll jump back to Carl on Friday, and there's a little bit more here. Um, again, it's media day and we talked about this at the time, but basically this is when you get a whole bunch of reporters. Like it's everybody from around Denver. They'll come up for like the first day of camp. They'll come up for this. And then what? I guess there's like the media day thing at Blake Street Tavern. Um, they'll probably show up to that too. And those are kind of the three times they check in before game week. And then they'll probably come up for Tuesdays for the Tuesday presser. And so because they aren't out there every day, a lot of these are the questions that, have been asked and answered. You know, we know what Carl Terrell thinks of NIL and, uh, uh, the ability to transfer without taking a year off and, uh, the quarterbacks, which things have changed, obviously, because it was the next day that JT seriously injured himself. Um, what, you know, I'm assuming is a torn ACL. Um, and so a lot of that isn't even relevant, but it's stuff we'd heard before. Uh, the point is again, Some of it's repetitive, but we'll jump through some of the newer pieces. Um, He he was asked about the transfers, and he actually said Max Ray's competing for a starting job. I guess that's not a surprise. You're not going to say, yep, he's got it locked up. The other one's the one that's up for grabs. But I do think that he probably does have that pretty close to locked up. Um, Said Jack Lamb, Robert Barnes are doing a nice job. Uh, He did say Blaine Toll. He had a concussion early in camp, but when he's played, he's been a really good player. Um, and he thinks he's going to be a factor so there's a little bit of a tidbit there is that we figure out who's going to be involved along the defensive line um Blaine toll by the way, is the transfer from Arkansas. he wasn't around in the spring, just got here in the fall um I believe let me let me double check this um but he has four years of eligibility left so. Again, I didn't really expect him to be much of a factor this year. But, you know, maybe maybe he will be. He played a little bit of tight end there um, in Arkansas, too. This just has him listed as freshman. I'm pretty sure he counts as a redshirt freshman, though. No, last year doesn't count for eligibility. Never mind. That's what that is. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Blaine Toll probably factors in somewhere in that rotation, Um. which is a Decent piece of information. I guess it's probably notable that uh, Carl didn't bring up Noah Fensky when talking about these transfers. Um, again, not a surprise because he's also a freshman. He's the interior lineman from Iowa. Um, but because Blaine did get mentioned, I guess that does make that notable that the other freshman didn't. Um asked about, you know, trying to keep guys safe during camp. Oh, and I just remembered the other thing that I'm going to do in this podcast should have said this earlier, but uh, I've got uh, audio from my conversation with Matt Lynch about a bunch of different things, including potentially playing quarterback if needed to because he's one of three players on the roster who've play- or who's thrown a football in a college football game before. The other two being uh, Brendan Lewis, of course, and uh, Dimitri Stanley. Who had one on, on a trick play, but uh, yeah, that's going to be at the end of this. So stay tuned for that. Um, oh yeah, but keeping guys safe. Uh, he brought up. He said that that is absolutely a focus right now. Not surprised. I think that that is one of the big areas where you see the NFL influence with Carl. Uh, there's there's a bunch, but that one to me is maybe the biggest because he really is willing to give guys time off and make sure that they don't get hurt. Um, he brought up Carson Wells, for example, and I talked about Cars or talked with Carson about this earlier this week. Um, but but he didn't play in the scrimmage. Um one of a handful of important players, even some guys who I think you might not have expected to be getting that day off. Um but wants to keep him healthy, it means more reps for other guys. And one of the things that Carl brought up was that. He likes that it allows Carson to coach up some of the younger players um, instead of being so focused on going out there and doing things himself. Um, but that is a point of emphasis, especially at this point in camp as, you know, you, you get a little nick or something in week one of camp. Well, by week two, you're probably fine. By week three, you're probably back to full strength. Now we're getting to the point where, what is the, the first game is yeah two weeks from tomorrow hey and Colorado scored that was real quick two and a half minutes in um, you love to see it I didn't see who that was actually but uh, yeah Dang, that, I cannot focus on two things at once just can't do it but um that is a focus because at this point when you're two weeks away from the first game somebody gets a, a, a little something that might uh, linger into the season Um, talking about NIL stuff, you know, is basically the same. Answer's always, what you really don't like is the different laws in different states. Um, and you know, he has really focused, oh, uh, Shira, Shira James, first goal of the season. Um, but, uh, I cannot focus on two things at once. Um, yeah, it doesn't like the different laws in different states, but the big emphasis now is like, The money comes if you play well. And really focusing on, you know, getting all the guys to play well. (coughs) Um, He had some interesting stuff to say about the vaccinations. First of all, remember Colorado's right up at the top in terms of vaccination rate in the Pac-12, which is what you want. That is a competitive advantage. Um, And he kind of talked about how... He's tried to push players toward getting vaccinated, um, basically saying like your life is just going to be better if you're vaccinated. And I mean, you know, in general, but also in terms of being in this football program, things like um, only players who are unvaccinated have to be tested at this point. Um, And so I think I think he said it's like every two or three days or like twice a week, something like that. and so it isn't the daily testing anymore, but showing up early, getting tested, doing that kind of stuff. It just isn't fun. And it's kind of a hassle. You know, having to wear a mask whenever you're in the locker room or in meeting rooms or whatever. It just it just sucks. So just get the shot and you don't have to deal with that. And then there's some bigger stuff too. You know, uh, and there's different rules in different states. And so you don't really know, you know, if you're traveling to play, what, they play at UCLA. Well there could be a different set of rules that you have to abide by or whatever. And that's just a total unknown right now. Um, he said that he was just trying to set up some of the charter planes um, that they're booking. And, you know, one of the questions was, are we going to have to wear masks on the, the, the jet that we book? And the first question was, well, are you guys all vaccinated? And, They're still figuring out how exactly this is going to work, but there's a chance that they're only allowed to fly without masks if everybody's vaccinated. And so if you have, you know, whatever guy who's a fringe on the roster guy for you, fringe travel guy, it might be a lot easier to say, actually just stay home because we don't want to make everybody else wear masks for three hours each way because of you. Um, and so there's just kind of some stuff like that. Um, and making that stuff very clear is one of the big approaches that Carl has uh, has used, which I thought was interesting. And that is kind of the first we've heard of it. Um. You know, asked about Brendan, you know, the experience in the Alamo Bowl, that kind of stuff. And it was really the same stuff. He's He's happy... With what he's seen and all that, he thinks he's going to be a good player. He thinks that the Alamo Bowl gave him confidence, graded out well. Not much new there. Um, On the touches for Jarrett, can he really get the ball 30 times a game again this year? Um, Again, the same stuff. It's going to be more of a split. Um, He did say again, he is a completely different player without the knee brace. And, you know, again, that is also not new, but it sounds good to say every time we say it. Um... Oh, this was probably the the most interesting answer, and maybe you could argue the the worst answer, the one where you shouldn't have said the things that he said. Um, but he was basically asked, you know, with the transfer portal being open, you can transfer wherever you want. Um, is there added pressure to keep players happy? And I wrote this whole thing out so that, I don't know, just to make sure everything's in total context. But here's what he said. We're paying for a scholarship. We're paying for education. We're going to play a great brand of football. There's a lot of privileges we give these guys, so I'm not necessarily concerned about whether he's happy or not. It's whether he's productive or not. Um, the, the, the challenge of it is that these kids nowadays, they do sometimes take their ball and go home, and that's part of the challenge for most of us in this profession. Again, I mean, it's... It, it definitely doesn't sound good, right? Like, what was the middle part there? Um, I'm not necessarily concerned about whether he's happy or not. It's whether he's productive or not. You know, you could see some coach at, you know, Arizona State taking a clip of that when he was in a recruiting battle with Colorado and saying, hey, this guy is the program you want to go to. And maybe that's a little bit dramatic. And you know what? He's not necessarily, like, wrong. Um it's like, wait, what do you want? Like for me to be setting up board games for them in the locker room? Like, yeah, if we don't want them to be miserable. Um, but at the same time, like we are kind of doing a lot for them, feeding them, all that kind of stuff. And then I think he, he kind of phrased it a little bit better later on. Um, when he said like, you know, it. a lot of the times when players transfer, it's not even about whether he's happy or not. It's just about the opportunity. And if he's not going to get an opportunity here and he's going to get an opportunity somewhere else, it doesn't really matter whether he's happy, like having a good time, like you're going to go where there's an opportunity. Um, so, I don't know. Definitely kind of interesting. Um, but at the same time, what are you expecting to say? Like, yeah, we're going to do whatever we can to make him happy. Yeah. When you say it out loud, it does sound pretty good, right? I don't know. Um, But then the other thing that he kind of added, you know, he mentioned it's basically free agency every year, um, but he definitely doesn't like that you can transfer in conference. Um, And that was kind of the big sticking point for him, saying maybe that's where we need to say you got to take a year off. Um, And the reason he brought up is because, you know, after a game, you're going up, you're shaking in the guy on the other team's hand, and you know. As Carl put it, he could be saying anything. You know, if it's a uh, let's say let's say it's USC coming up and saying, "Hey, you know, you're not really getting the ball here. If you come to USC, we'll take care of you." And guess what? It's USC. We've got we've got Keaton Slovis at quarterback. And I'm not saying that that's what happened with Katie Nixon, or even that that's just what was being hinted at, or anything like that. But it is a thing that is possible, where. Kd's on the field, and he did end up transferring to USC. Uh, you've also got Sam Noyer transferring to Oregon State, and so when Carl brings up not liking in conference transfers, there's a good chance he's thinking about one of those two things, right? So I don't know. Um, maybe a little conspiracy here, but uh, yeah, that was probably the the answer that caught my attention the most. Um. Oh, the day before this, you'll remember Darren Chevrini, the offensive coordinator, told us that he wants to put up 35 points a game. Carl was asked about that and basically shot it down. It was like, I'm not worried about points for gaming or anything like that. He um, talked a lot about, like, complementary football. You know, and the point is, if we get 15 points and they get 14, we win. If we get 60 and they get 58, we win. Um, but I... I don't know. I think what he was thinking, but didn't necessarily say, was more so that, like, you can't just be, like, blindly shooting for 35, regardless of the game situation. You know, you're sitting there with 14 points and a three point lead in the fourth quarter. Well, it isn't time to just start throwing the ball deep to try to get to 35. You know, it's about winning the game and winning the situation and all that kind of stuff. And the actual number of points doesn't work matter as much as, like, are we, when we're up by a touchdown or, let's say, 10 points in the fourth quarter, are we making sure we kick the ball? Whether it's, you know, extra point, field goal, punt, whatever. Just no turnovers. You know, that's that's the box you really have to check. And as long as you do that, you're still going to be in control of this game, regardless of what happens on the drive. Um, you know, it, I don't know. Uh, he makes a good point it's just that when coaches talk about complimentary football and just need to outscore the other team and not necessarily needing 35 it definitely doesn't sound sexy you know um but yeah um oh and then the, the last thing he was asked you know without fans in the stadium, does that give uh, the, the the offenses a bit of an advantage on the road last year? And he said, yeah, it absolutely does. Not having the crowd noise, having to deal with that, like, that is massive. And he really, really emphasized that he does believe that that's true. Um, again, doesn't really, like, you think through it. Um, let's see if we can... Let's see, you start at home against UCLA. So... UCLA has that comeback. Instead of being 46-42, does he think that maybe that's uh, a little bit different? Um, at Stanford, they won on the road, obviously. Um, home win against San Diego State. Road win against Arizona. Oh, here's here's where maybe this came into play. Um, the loss, The loss at home against Utah. What if there were fans there? What if there were people screaming? I wonder if that's kind of what he was... Again, maybe maybe he was just saying from a pure football standpoint, this is the way things work. And, and I don't necessarily think he'd be wrong, but also he could be, you know, if Mel Tucker would use every question he got to try to spin the most positive light or make an ex not make an excuse that might not be fair but sort of make an excuse and so you know saying the the one regular season loss they had was a home loss against utah yeah saying that the offense had a bit of an advantage it definitely makes you sound a little better maybe he was thinking of that um do we talk about what Matt, matt lynch said not really I'll, I'll, we touched on the key points with McChesney. I'm talking about the emergency quarterback situation. Um, but I'll uh, I'll let you guys uh, just listen to that audio. Oh, a couple things first. Um, First of all, if you want to become a member, there's a bunch of cool stuff up on the website that's Buffs related, some stuff that's not Buffs related, um, but still cool. Um, you get a whole bunch of perks. You know, if you're planning on coming down the DMVR bar, it's a great place to watch road games. We're still working on what our plan for those is, but uh, we're going to have some cool stuff set up for sure. Um, yeah, you, but if you do come down to the bar, you get uh, a really big beer for the price of a small beer because you're a member. It's a great deal. Um, also, Oh, I should plug. They uh you use the camp or the code camp 2021 and you can get a $60 gift card when you sign up to use on merch, which will include the uh, Nate Landman shirt which is on the way. He gets half the profits, I think is the number. I'm not totally sure. Um but yeah. Also, uh Breckenridge Brewery. We mentioned that they uh They're the reason we're able to have this tailgate for the soccer game because they're giving us a whole bunch of free beer. So come drink our free beer. But uh, they do all sorts of that kind of stuff for us all the time. If you want to check out their beers, come down to the DMVR bar. Of course, we've got a bunch of them on tap. You can also pick them up basically anywhere you get beer, gas station, grocery store, liquor store, whatever. Um, You can use the beer locator on the website and it'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever beer you want to try. I recommend the uh, Strawberry Sky. Um, So, yeah, uh, there you go. Breckenridge Brewery. They do a bunch of cool stuff. Also, they're giving 1% of their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. Get in on that. And DraftKings Sportsbook. It's everyone's favorite time of the year. College football season, and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. Oh my goodness, what a shot! Colorado just scored from way out. That might have been like midfield. It was like out of the corner of the eye because they were so far away from the goal. That was a really cool shot. Okay. Um, two zero though, fifteen minutes in. Love seeing that against Colorado State. Uh, but yeah, uh, two hundred dollars in free bets instantly if you put if you bet one dollar or more on any college football game. It can be any game. All you gotta do is bet a dollar. All that money just shows up in your account instantly um, if you're a new user. Should say that. So if you're thinking about getting into betting for the football season, this is the deal for you. Um, head to DraftKings Sportsbook. That the the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great promotions, daily odds boost that they're offering. Uh, it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. It's located in the United States. You can trust them. You can put money in, take money out whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code. DMVR when you sign up and receive $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any college football game that's promo code DMVR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and uh, we're gonna do the Draftkings pick of the week right now too. Um, so I spent yesterday going through and figuring out uh, what futures bets I need to make for football season. like I got I got through all my NFL bets, but I still need to figure out some of the college football bets. Those ones are tougher because there's just so many. Um, but here's one I really like. Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller to combine for over 19 and a half sacks. It's plus 160. Like, both of those guys, if, if if either one of them doesn't put up 10 sac- sacks, that's incredibly disappointing. Um, and, you know, if they do that, they get 8 and the other one gets 12. Well, guess what? It hits anyway. So, I really like that, and it's at plus money. So, that's our DraftKings pick of the week. Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, over 19.5 sacks at plus 160. Also, uh, oh, no, no, no. now we're done. Okay, um... Yeah, that's going to do it for today, Um, except that you guys can now listen to my conversation with Matt Lynch, Colorado senior tight end, transferred from UCLA. Um, I think everything else that he said does not need context. But yeah, transferred from UCLA before last season, and uh, here he is. How's practice been? It's been going good.
2: Um, We're getting our offense right. We're getting our defense right. Um, okay. Just trying to fix up the little details and trying to become the great offense that we can
1: be. All right. Uh, you guys are still staying in the hotel. We are. How's, how's that going?
2: It's good. It's a, it's a good opportunity for camaraderie, you know, and bringing the team closer together, you know. We're all in there. We're all in and out of each other's rooms, messing around. So it kind of brings the team closer together. And that's something I did at a previous school. So oh, I yeah. feel like that's a good thing for us to do here. Okay. Who's your roommate? Uh, Nate Lammon.
1: Oh, that's, that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Uh, what do you guys do then? Like going in and out of rooms, like people video got games? Their, like, yeah,
2: people got their Xboxes. Okay. People got, um, they got everything. We're just hanging out, having fun, mm-hmm. telling stories, cracking jokes. You know, just be, dudes being dudes.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, so for you playing tight end now, I mean, first of all, so how did that transition work the first time at UCLA when you started playing tight end?
2: Um. So... Coach Kelly brought in his new staff, and mm-hmm. they brought in their new quarterbacks, and it kind of put me down the depth chart, and I wanted to play. So I mm-hmm. reached out to them. I was like, hey, I would like to play wherever you'll put me. I'm about it. Like, let's mm-hmm. do it. I'll give all my effort. So they moved me to tight end, and I was third string there. Got Played a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of experience, and then coming over here, it's just every year working on different techniques. Like, I got the st- structure down, the basics down. Yeah. Now it's working on, like, advantages with techniques and different, like, just – Increasing my knowledge as a tight end Mm -hmm. because the quarterback standpoint, um, you know you know defenses, you know how they line up, you know what they're Mm -hmm. trying to do. So it's nice having that kind of mindset at a tight end, but then it's just working on those little details.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, since like the end of last season, last time we saw you on the field, what have you been working on?
2: I've been working on my run game blocking, uh, trying to be more physical and creating more drive, more movement uh, with DNs and linebackers, and then just going up and getting balls that are contested. Okay. So that's the two focuses that I've been working on.
1: And have you? Are you still working with McChesney?
2: No, I no, I okay. have. I haven't been down there in a while. We've just been so busy. He's down yeah. at Highlands Ranch. We keep in touch. We talk all the time, <laughs> but haven't been able to get down there at all.
1: Okay, I was just curious. Um, there's a bunch of tight ends in that room now. There is. There is. Does that, uh, obviously it's a change from last year, but mm-hmm. you feel like you're not getting as many reps? Like, what are the differences? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely
2: not as many reps, but then you just got to take those mental reps, you know? Yes. Uh, there's plays that we install, and you're not getting that, you just got to be able to watch and remember and regurgitate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a good group of guys, and we're all working, we're all competing, which is what you want out of a tight end room with nine dudes deep.
1: Yeah. Anybody in that room who's really impressed you?
2: Caleb Fourier. He's yeah. made a big step from last season to going into spring ball to coming in this year. He's going to be a talent for sure in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then the other thing, I mean, with JT going down, you're one of the guys who does have some quarterback experience right now. I mean, who knows what the emergency yeah. situation is, whether it's like drew gets hurt and then they need somebody whether you go through all three and they need somebody but but what would that transition look like for you after not playing quarterback if they did come to you i mean it
2: would just be knocking the rust off a little bit obviously once a quarterback always a quarterback still yeah. got in you a little bit but it would have to be those footwork drills getting the arm back going um, but i feel like i still got a lot of those in me so if the situation does arise i would be ready for it whatever i can do to help the team
1: have there been any conversations about that i think carl mentioned yesterday that he He started trying to figure things out he hasn't
2: said anything to me but i know it's a possibility i know we have faith in the two dudes the three dudes we got in the room right now um but if it ever came down to it i would assume that they would i would be the first one they kind of reach out to you know
1: right yeah Um,
2: and i'm all about however i can do to help the team like i'm about it
1: yeah Uh, and then just with jt going down does that kind of change the vibe did it it feel tense or anything in the locker room after that
2: it did especially because jt and vloo were competing They they were going back and forth, back and forth, both balling out every single day. So everyone was a little bit hurt, Mm -hmm. but um, B. Lou handled the situation well and took a hold of the team Mm -hmm. and got us all lifted back up, which is good.
1: Yeah. Uh, What have you seen from Brendan this year that he didn't have last year?
2: The dude's making throws in tight windows. Um, He's a lot more poised in the pocket. Um, He's a lot more commanding, taking that leadership role within the offense. Um, And just he knows his stuff, you know
1: yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah awesome uh any goals for the season
2: any goals uh i have a year this is my last year yeah. um i want to obviously be one of the best tight ends in the pac-12 mm-hmm. and just however i can help and however i can get that done yep and make that step to the next level but obviously we want to win a pac-12 championship
1: awesome good yeah. stuff